Thanks for tuning in to the Leesburg Daily, a Monday through Friday podcast where we read a section of scripture, study it together, and apply it to our lives. Today we pick up in the Gospel of John, and we're going to be looking at chapter 5. Um, and, and I think this is just such a neat story. We're actually going to divide this up in a couple different days uh, because uh, th- th- this story here has uh, at least two different settings, maybe three depending on how you read it. We're going to deal with the first setting today. And so it's going to be uh, chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. And we're going to be dealing with this man who is who is uh, an invalid. He's, he's diseased of some kind. We don't know exactly what. And he finds healing in Jesus. Let's pick up. We'll read, and then we'll talk through it and read and talk through it, uh, as has been our custom. Uh, chapter 5, starting in verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. So if you remember, Jesus was just previously in Galilee, where we talked about the healing of the official son. And John starts off chapter 5 by saying, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, uh, and Jesus went to Jerusalem. Uh, you know, one of the things we ought to point out, uh, and as, as it stands out as we look at the Gospel of John compared to the other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, we don't necessarily have a chronological aspect here, but what G- what John is telling us that this happened uh, after this uh, ministry in Galilee, and Jesus very probably uh, went back and forth between Galilee and Capernaum and and Jerusalem uh, fairly routinely. Again, this is a traveling ministry of sorts, where Jesus' home base. While we'd often think Jesus' home base is in Jerusalem, in fact. Uh, the majority of his ministry takes place in Capernaum. But I, I, either way, the point here is uh, Jesus has now gone to Jerusalem because there's a feast here. Now, if you remember last time Jesus was in Jerusalem, according to John's account, there was a um, uh, quite the scene that happened because uh, of the uh, mispractice of the, the temple, what was happening in the temple. And so Jesus has, again, he's built a name, a reputation, a following. Uh, People know him uh, because of the signs and the wonders that he's done, uh, as well as the authority in which he cleared the temple. People uh, recognize Jesus quite well. Uh, But at this point, we see that this man man apparently doesn't know Jesus. Uh, Let's look at verse 2. Now there was in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethsaida, uh, which has five roofed colonnades. In these, they a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. So there, there was a, 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 a series of pools here. Actually, it was two rectangle pools that happened here. And uh, a lot of blind, lame, uh, disabled people would lay here at the pool for two reasons. One we'll see, uh, uh, one is not mentioned, but is assumed. And that is, that's the place where invalids would stay and often collect alms from pious Jews. Uh, as they went about their business, um, is a s- sort of first century uh, welfare, I suppose. Uh, people would sit there and wait for other people to pass and and collect alms because it was a scene. It was a gesture of pi- uh, of piety to give to people who uh, were in need, as it is today as as well, I suppose. Um, uh, let's see, verse f- verse five. Uh, one man who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. So we don't know how old he is, but we know that he's at least 38, perhaps from birth, but we're not sure. And he's been laying there um, uh, for some time. 
again, we don't know how long he's been there necessarily. Of course, he wouldn't lay there all the time, but um, we don't know how long he's been coming. But we can assume uh, he's he comes quite often because uh, of his interaction with Jesus, and he implies that um, no one's there to put him in the water. Well, let's read that part, and we'll come back to it. Uh, one man who had been an invalid for 38 years, when Jesus saw him lying there in verse 6, uh, and knew that he had already been there a long time. Again, we don't know how long, but we know that he had been there for some time or had been coming there for some time. And Jesus said to him in verse 6, Do you want to be healed? What a fantastic question and a strange question, isn't it? I mean, consider for just a minute, you're this uh, this invalid. Uh, again, we don't know what's wrong with him, but imagine there's, there's something wrong that keeps him from uh, at worst, uh, at least work um, because of his... Um, his uh, nature, because of his his condition, he wouldn't have been accepted in uh, Jewish in, in the temple to go into the temple. He would have been an outcast of sorts, a, a drain on the economy and stuff like that. That's how they would have seen him. Um, and Jesus asked him this very interesting question: Do you want to be healed? Now think about that for just a moment. That seems so strange. Do you want to be healed? Well, of, well, of course the answer would be, I, of course I want to be healed. Why wouldn't I want to be healed? I mean, ask yourself if there was something wrong with you. Uh, here we're in the season of coronavirus. Now, if you had coronavirus, well, would you want to be healed? Well, of course you would. Uh, if you were paralyzed, would you want to be healed? Of course you would. Uh, but such a strange question. Be, because the answer seems so obvious. But, you know, one of the things that comes to my mind, you know, maybe it's a, a peek into my uh, dark, <laughs> dark mind, but I, I like watching prison shows, like reality prison shows, jails, jail shows where people are locked up and, and they do uh, uh, interviews with people who are incarcerated. And, and one of the things that I find so striking is, and if you've ever watched the shows, you know what I'm talking about, people will often, uh, who have been incarcerated for a long time, uh, are terrified of getting out. Uh, they they've been such uh, uh, so used to prison life and 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 uh, life incarcerated. They're terrified of getting out. This is depicted in uh, I, I believe it's the Shawshank Shawshank uh, Shawshank what's that movie Shawshank Redemption. I, I believe when when the guy gets out and he eventually commits suicide because uh, life is so hard to adjust to on the outside. I think that was the right movie. If it's not, forgive me. Anyway, the point is, uh, people who are incarcerated for a long time often find comfort in that routine. They know what to expect each day. They kind of know how life works within the prison system. And the thought of freedom is, scare is scary and terrifying. I, I wonder if that's what this man uh, maybe feels. And maybe we feel the same way with our issues. M maybe it's not a... a a healing, but th that question, do you want to be well or do you want to be healed? Um, if we chew on that for quite some time and really consider how that might apply in our lives, maybe it gives more credence than uh, what we thought. Maybe it would lead us to new depths of repentance. You know, I often have people come to my office and they say, well, John, I, I just don't feel like I have a good relationship with God. And I say, okay, well, why not? Well, you know, I don't, uh, you know, I don't pray as much as I used to, and I don't have, you know, I don't read my Bible as much as I used to, and um, and I really want that relationship with God. And so the question that I often ask is, well, if you want it, why don't you have it? Uh, 
<laughs> you, you know, it seems so so funny to have, something could be had and can be had. The question is, do you really want it? And I'm a firm believer that we make time for the things that matter to us. Uh, you know that as well as I do. We make time for the things that are important. And so if I don't have uh, time to read the Bible, if I don't have time to, to study the Word, if I don't have time to be in prayer with the Lord, it's because I haven't made that time available because we make time for the things we want. Jesus asked this man, well, do you want to be healed? Verse 7, the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am going, another steps in before me. Apparently, there was this belief um, that when the water was stirred, uh, the first person in the water would find healing. Uh, now, what caused that water to, stir, uh, to be stirred, uh, we don't really know. Um, it, 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 there is a footnote in many of our Bibles or a, a verse that's sometimes put in the foot, footnotes. Uh, some manuscripts say, um, uh, holy or in part, uh, I'm reading here from the bottom of my of my Bible. It says, For an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred the water, and whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was healed of whatever disease he had. Uh, that's a footnote that's often added. It's a, a verse that's found in some manuscripts and some of the ancient manuscripts uh, that are available, but not the not the uh, not the majority of them. And so we're not really sure what to do. Maybe that is a uh, an editorial that was added by scribes who copied this text. Um, we, we don't really know, but 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 the idea here is uh, that there was healing possible. And, and the first person in. And apparently, there was some merit to it. Uh, otherwise, you don't keep doing and waiting for something that never happens. And so if people were never healed at this time, uh, why would they continue to show up? And so uh, that's, that's what we have here. We have this idea that... Um, Someone is usually healed when the waters are stirred. And, and, and the sick man answers Jesus, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water's stirred up. And while I'm going, someone else steps in before me. Uh, you know, I've always read that as an excuse. And I think there's an element of that. Um, uh, maybe an excuse, well, I can't get healed because no one will put me in the water. And now maybe that's me reading wrong of this text. But, but I see that often in our world today. And I th- think you do too, if we're honest with what we see in, in our world, uh, there's always an excuse. I, I think there's always an excuse as to why things are happening. You know, some people, uh, I think we all at times have this uh, this uh, incredible uh, 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 ability to to blame others for uh, maybe our own issues. And I think that there's at least on some level this man's doing that. He's blaming others. Well, well, I want to be held, but no one will put me in, in the water. I've got no one to help me, and I can't do it by myself. Well, maybe that's a, a thing for us to individually chew on there. Do we have that uh, that guttural reaction to things? Um, when we're confronted with our issues, uh, do we have a way of blaming others? Uh, maybe that's an area where we can take note. The other way to see that verse is this sick man asking Jesus uh, in some way uh, to help him? Well, sir, I, I have no way to get in the pool. Uh, maybe this is a, uh, a passive type request of Jesus to help him in the pool. What Jesus says to him in verse 8, Get up, take up your bed, and walk. See, this man may have been asking Jesus for help to get to the water. 
But Jesus helps him in a much bigger way. Uh, Jesus just simply told him to get up, take his mat, and walk. And at once the man was healed and he took up his bed and he walked. There are a few things I want to look back now on this first scene as we see it developed. <laughs> this first scene, uh, we see that there's a, a bunch of invalids. There's a bunch of sick people who are laying around these pools uh, asking for alms and waiting for the water to be stirred. And we see an incredible action of Jesus. Uh, uh, to perhaps I, I consider this, I've, you know, I, I have often failed to acknowledge this. Uh, Jesus sees this man and he he approaches this man and seeks out this man, much like he did with the woman at the well. But consider what must have happened for Jesus to seek this man out. See, there were many people sitting there, and Jesus walks past and perhaps even over uh, many others who were just as diseased and sick. And I think this is just such an interesting thing. See, see Jesus, uh, in healing this man, neglected to heal many others. Now, I don't know how to really make sense of that other than to to note that Jesus' primary purpose in his ministry was not to heal everyone, but instead was to heal a few uh, that would accomplish his purpose. Uh, his bigger mission was to develop his disciples to to multiply and and spread this gospel of ultimate healing of eternal life just as he had talked about with the woman at the well and will be talking about with this man uh, jesus wasn't as concerned with the momentary issues that humanity has as much as he would he was concerned about the eternal significance of his coming and what was going to happen uh, through him so jesus walks over others to heal this man I think that's an important thing to note. And then notice uh, that this this narrative stresses both uh, God's ability, Jesus' ability to heal, uh, but also man's responsibility. Uh, here we see Jesus' sovereign approach to this man and the importance of this man's own will. Do you do you want to be to do you want to be well? I, I think that's such an important question that we should all ask ourselves, regardless of what's going on in our lives. Do, do I want to be well? If my marriage is struggling, do I want to make it better? If my relationship with Jesus is not what it should be, do I want to make it better? And if I truly want to make my marriage better or my relationship with Jesus better or whatever situation it might be, if I really want it to, make, to be better, I'm not going to I wait on other people to make it better. Instead, I'm going to take the initiative uh, to make it better. I think that's an important aspect that we see here in this narrative. You know, just like this man, sometimes uh, we prefer the known pain uh, uh, instead of the the terror of the unknown, the fear of the unknown. What if things are better? What might that mean for me? Uh, it, it brings new responsibilities. And so uh, while it seems sometimes like a silly question of Jesus to ask, I think it's very important for us to ask ourselves, do we want to be well? Because if so, there is a ongoing responsibility. And we'll see that uh, played out with this man in the, uh, the next few verses. You know, there's much more that could be said about this passage, but we're going to leave it there for today and simply ask the question to ourselves, do we want to be well, knowing that Jesus is able 
to make us well, whether it be in our spiritual life or in our relationships with other people? Are we willing to take the responsibilities uh, that come with that wellness and take the responsibility? We, we'll pick up here tomorrow uh, in the uh, second part of verse 9, uh, but that's where we'll end it today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I hope this is a blessing to you. I know it's been a, a great thing for me to be doing. Uh, as always, you can reach out to us on social media. Uh, email us at the church, Church at gmail.com, or you can leave a voicemail message in the bottom of the podcaster. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, God bless. Take care, and we'll see you tomorrow on Leesburg Daily. Take care. Bye-bye.